By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about those sounds? Those are the sounds of an LG wash tower with ultra-large capacity, serving up a powerful yet gentle clean in just 29 minutes. Making this the sound of savings on the best appliance brands. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Get up to 25% off the LG wash tower with ultra-large capacity and reduced wash time. Pricing valid January 5th through January 25th, 2023. Gas dryer extra. U.S. only. See store or online for details. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin with me today. Surprise, surprise to nobody. Because <laughs> it's just me. it's me and you, dude, week in and week out. <laughs> Never a special guest. But uh, rarely a special guest. We don't, dude, you're my special guest every week. Oh. Uh, I saw you two days ago. That's crazy to me that that was just two days ago. Yeah, man, it feels like it was it was longer than that. We went to this place I'd never been to in my own backyard, like a little <laughs> Canadian diner called the Maple Leaf Diner. It's pretty good. It was good. Yeah, they had a lot. Of, you know, of course they had Canadian bacon, but uh, they had other things that were apparently Canadian inspired. Yeah, they they went a little heavy on the on yeah. Canada, right? It's like but, calm down, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it was it's like we get it. Yeah, we understand. Um, but yeah, speaking of Canada, this is a sidetrack, not not the sidetrack episode like we we used to do, but like a sidetrack of this conversation. <laughs> Have you seen Turning Red? No, it's good, man. It's the latest Pixar film. It's based in Canada. That's why I'm bringing it up. But um, yeah, it's the reason I I like it is because uh, the characters and the uh, story and stuff takes place in the two thousands, and these characters are about the age that we were in the two thousands. So you know, we're getting old, Q, because every you know movies and TV shows and stuff are just catering directly to our nostalgia for just wanting to go back to our youth. You know, yeah, it's been pretty heavy handed for the last few years i'm not i'm not uh i'm all i'm all here for it you know I yeah wanna... yeah but yeah the character has like a tamagotchi pet and stuff like that you know so nice he's obsessed with a boy band uh <laughs> billy eilish and her brother was it guys phineas or whatever yeah i think so they wrote wrote the the songs that the boy band is singing in the pixar film which is kind of cool anyway all right so today we are talking about a band called hum and this is not their first appearance on the podcast. I brought them as a uh, what you heard a long time ago. Um, I think I may have played a song off of the record we're talking about today, or I may have played one from their previous record. But then they also showed up in my best of 2020 list because after, you know, almost, I guess it was shit, like 22 years, they put out a new record in, in 2020 called Inlet. That was really good. That is quite a stretch yeah. of, of time. Yeah. So for, for, for Hum fans, it was, you know, it was amazing to, to get a brand new record and one that was really good too. And we're covering the album that 
that came out just before that one 22 years ago. So this is the record that they went out on top uh, with, basically, because it's kind of it's considered widely considered to be their best record, and it's called "Downward Is Heavenward." So uh, this came out in 1998. Uh, before this, they had gotten a little bit of success with this single that they put out called "Stars," which was on their 1995 record. You'd prefer an astronaut. And are you noticing a? Uh, a theme here you'd prefer an astronaut stars and you'll hear some lyrics on some of the songs we're playing today that are also kind of space themed they are they're considered a space rock band and so i did a little bit of digging because i was a little bit curious i know we've talked about space rock before uh cave in a band that we covered maybe a couple of years ago is considered a space rock band but essentially it's just a it's another, you know, there's multiple like subgenres that fall under space rock, but shoegaze actually is considered sort of like an offshoot of space rock. If you want to like just group a bunch of genres into into the characteristics that make something a space rock quote unquote band. I think that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that for sure. So like shoegazing, uh, stoner rock, metal and noise pop genres are all kind of under the umbrella so so some of the bands here that i'm seeing here that you know that we're pretty familiar with slow dive so there's your shoegaze my bloody valentine but also the flaming lips which which i thought you know like yeah of course yeah sure they're space rock spiritualized which we've covered as well so like the origins of the term is 1960s psychedelic and progressive rock and that makes perfect sense right yeah totally Dude, let me. I just gotta get your take on this, dude, because I don't get this at all. By the 1990s, space rock developed into shoegazing and post rock with bands such as The Verve. I'm just gonna stop right there. The Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. I uh, see. That's the thing, dude. I bet you The Verve, Beyond Bittersweet Symphony. Who knows what they sound like, dude? That's true. That yeah, because they were somewhat of a one hit wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I love that song, dude. It's a it's great timeless, song. Timeless. Sure. You know? Yeah. But so that uh, so what was the song that played us in? That was actually one of the singles off this record called "Coming Home." So that was uh, pretty heavy on the distortion, and it felt very like grungy and uh, almost like uh, like post hardcore. Yeah, well, that's the thing that makes Hum great. So they are, if you wanted to just throw them into a a bucket, they're an alt rock band. But they have elements of elements of shoegaze, elements of space rock, post hardcore, grunge gets thrown in there. And then on this record in particular, you can see and hear like a hint of emo, a little bit of emo, and mm-hmm. like maybe even the type of stuff that I guess you would throw under like pop punk. Yeah, I'm not saying at all that Hum is a a, a pop punk band. I'm just saying you can get a hint of it if you pay attention uh just in riffs and stuff like that but like by and large these guys they are a guitar driven band and the singer has such a great unique voice because the way he delivers it is very like i mean he'll scream occasionally but but pretty sparingly but other than that his voice is like very clean so like it's a good balance and like we talked about this on the pixies episode that we did that they were known for the loud quiet loud dynamic Mm -hmm. uh that that would apply to this band as well and his voice is pretty clean and quiet most of the time and are you familiar are you familiar with all of their their stuff uh, their albums yeah Uh, uh i'm very familiar with this record and you'd prefer an astronaut the one before it I haven't okay. really given their debut record much listen. It's called Electra 2000. Came out in 1993. I think it's a little bit different. Oh no, dude! There's one before that called Filet Show. <laughs> Filet Show. I just, I just get, I just. Is got that done. like a EP <laughs> or is that a full length? Uh, it's got nine songs on it. Came okay. out in 91. Okay, well, I haven't heard that one yet. But yeah, um, I'm curious. But yeah. Hey, let's just. Why don't we just fade out with a random song that's not a single from it? I like to do that sometimes. You know, just have a fun little a random song from Felicia. Yeah, for a fade out. Yeah. Okay. 
I just, I'm just curious, you know, I'm yeah. curious how, how no, different they sounded, uh, you know, in that span of seven years. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, well, yeah, let me leave the roster real quick and then we'll just jump in here and start playing some tunes. So lead singer name is Matt Talbot. He was also a guitar player. And then there is Tim Lash, the second guitar player. And then you've got Jeff Dempsey on bass and Brian St. Pierre or Pierre on drums. Well, hey, man, before we, we move on, let's take a quick break. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, Trav, I actually have used BetterHelp in the past, and it was a really, really great experience. I loved my therapist. He gave me a lot of great tools that I still use to this day. You know, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Good news is therapy does work. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be, really. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we've got a special offer for No Filler listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. That's BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right. So we're just going to jump right in. You know, we're going to make this about the music cue. And that's just a way of me saying that I didn't do any research. <laughs> going into this episode but the, the tunes speak for themselves and uh, that's what people are here for yeah man. let's just cut to the chase so i think i i may have said this last week but this is one of my probably top 10 records of the 90s so just putting that out there and i think you'll see why that is and a lot of people kind of consider this to be like a lost 90s record as in like didn't get much attention but it has everything that 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 all the ingredients to 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 make like a hit record it just never took off yeah and from what i'm reading here it looks like that single stars from you'd prefer an astronaut i mean really just that you know they had their 15 seconds because it was featured on beavis and butthead (laughs) and uh, there was some promo appearances on space ghost coast to coast and a few other shows. So, yeah, that's kind of maybe a, a, a fluke. Yeah, and they had a music video that people remember Yeah, tied to that song. but um, Which is – and the 90s was the, the era, you know, that you could really blow up just over a music uh, – yeah, just over a music video. So Yeah, well, one of the things – I mean, maybe maybe they just waited too long between the, the next record to maybe capitalize on that. But from what I understand, uh, they're kind of perfectionists and – much like REM, they are very like democratic with the way that they write the song. So they mm-hmm. want to have everybody uh, to be on board with 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 things before they finalize something. And it took them a while to record this record. Um, so yeah, they didn't really capitalize on their moment when they had that single, but that's okay because like what we ended up with is this amazing record. So all right, let's play the first song here. And we're actually going to to play the first track. And this song is called Isle of the Cheetah.
we're actually going to play a second clip so we can keep hearing the song because it kind of opens up a little bit more. But what are your Very initial cool. thoughts, Q? Very cool. Um, yeah, yeah, you can definitely hear where rock was heading. Was there, heading, yeah, you know? totally, yeah. Which is cool, and I and I'm, I wonder if, I mean, you mentioned pop punk, but I'm I'm wondering how how many of those early pop punk bands were influenced by the same bands as Hum, or which ones were actually influenced by Hum mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's interesting that this is you know this comes out in '98. We're right around the corner from 2000s era emo. And, you know, we're a few years out from grunge. So, yeah, rock, Rock's evolution was changing a little bit, but you can hear how they have kind of their foot in both camps, right? Especially with... Yeah, definitely. With the, the, the grunge elements that are still there, like right beneath the surface, you know? So, um, yeah, let's pick it up here real quick. So this is, you know, what a, a great record opener, right? Because it's got that slow build kind of starts quiet and then the guitars come in and his voice like i said earlier has this very quiet clean delivery to it he doesn't have any sort of like distortion in his voice or like uh there's no there's no screaming most of the time on this record it's very and calm very calm yeah and that, you know and that, not not a lot going on there i mean and i don't mean that in a, a yeah. way but yeah it's just sure. very like calm <laughs> yeah no that's it's a good and, and yeah that's that's kind of the the balance that that their guitars and his voice have like pretty consistently throughout this record too and and their previous stuff i mean that's just one of the things that makes them interesting all right let's pick that up uh, again this is a uh, isle of the cheetah
had to let that guitar uh, play out there for a little bit. Yeah, I love how it just kind of, uh, you know, the guitar chaos, I guess, that's happening in the background is just sort of building and layering on top of each other. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're doing like Sonic Youth style, like, uh, you know, chaos, right? Not to the yeah. extent necessarily right. that Sonic Youth did it, but I mean, you know, creating this sort of, this uh, very loud, noisy, not necessarily a wall of sound, but kind of, I mean, this wall of guitar at least. Yeah, totally. Which I think is really cool. And the whole time his voice is that calm, sort of quiet. And what he's singing about is love too. It's what it sounds like. His voice, his voice really is, um, and, and like his vocal melody, very pop punk and emo, like the stuff that was just around the corner. Uh, so how excited were you when you press play on this record and this is track one? You know what I mean? Like how stoked were you? You Dude, you know you're in for a ride, man. You know, you just like, just, yeah, strap in. If I remember... Uh, I, I think this album must have been the one that really like sparked your curiosity to start digging a little bit deeper for you know for '90s alt rock. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, this was around the time that I think you know we were still doing we yeah week, weekly what you heard. Um, and yeah, every week I'd be bringing a new '90s alt rock band that I'd never heard of before. And yeah, I think this this was around that time because like it's one of those things where. Well, what else am I? What else am I missing? You know, what what did I miss? Yeah, right, right. I'm actually I'm gonna because this reminds me. This conversation is perfect for this. I was reading some reviews of this record uh, today, and I know we've quoted these guys before. Sputnikmusic.com. It's like a music review site, and uh, this is it right here, man. He says, "I had never really heard of them until very recently, and now I'm angry that I was not let in on this little secret." <laughs> and yeah that's sometimes you, you do kind of get mad you're like what the f- how have i it happens how to have i been lot. on this earth for so long yeah and just now finding out about this band you know i'm kind but, of feeling that way about the album recovering next week the debut album from lush I'm like, yeah how did i miss this right it's lush like i know about lush how did i miss this if you're only hearing what what mtv or the radio stations at the time were playing you're going to miss it. Yeah. You're totally going to miss this stuff. It's just not going to pop up on any radar. So, yeah. Now, hopefully, you know, this is the first time you're hearing of this band and and, and um, you're also, uh, you know, getting let in on the secret, as that guy said. All right. So let's let's move on to the next track here. Now, these next two songs that I'm playing are just a blast. They're a blast, dude. These are some fun songs. That first song, I Love the Cheetah. A little bit of a slow build, you know, kind of like an epic type song. It was like almost seven minutes long. It's, you know, trying to do something different than these next two songs are doing. So here we go. We are going to play the the uh, third track on the record. This song is called If You Are to Bloom.
belly shines And the fat skims through the steam Feeding up her mouth and sprinkling away The dusty sleep you took to Why that wasn't blasting at the at the the loudest you know volume out of every radio station in America? Who knows? Isn't that interesting to think about how like if you know if this did become a hit, uh, any of these songs from Hum, you know, like how different things could have been, just in general for you know for like the the trajectory of of what continued to be popular in rock, you know, because like, right right after this it was it was Jimmy World that you know that that style and wave of emo and and pop punk yeah right well i mean i mean like we were saying hum is kind of there's elements of that in this music but yeah who knows who who would have heard this song had it been a single and had some airplay and maybe some mtv play i feel like we would have been all over this if we just i think so too it. even yeah. in 98 i think we would have been into this yeah we were definitely the right age when the Strokes is this hit hit and Jimmy Eat World's Bleed American. That's when I remember paying attention for the first time to music. Dude, and and one year after this, There Is Nothing Left to Lose came out. Foo Fighters. Like, can we just give a, a quick like can we just give a quick like uh moment here to mourn the loss of Taylor Hawkins? Yeah. Dude. I mean, yeah. like what a tragedy. Yeah, dude. Um, and you just you just feel sorry for Dave more than anybody, right? Because this is this you know he almost lost Taylor Hawkins. I don't remember the year, but I think it was he did. It was early on in the Foo Fighters, and he he. I, I think I don't he, think it was that much longer after there is nothing left to lose came out. So it should yeah. be like nine, you know, ninety nine, two thousand around that time. Just yeah. when like there was kind of a a tiff in the band when you know, like Dave Grohl started doing stuff with Josh Homme and Queens of the Stone yeah, Age. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but anyways, like, you know, who else could have filled, who else could have filled those shoes? Yeah. Dave Grohl's shoes yeah. as a drummer. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know I've seen Foo Fighters at least twice. So I've, I've you know, been in the same uh, room as, as Taylor, right? That's something you always got to think about. What a, like, energetic and fun like force of nature yeah <laughs> you know like a musical presence him and dave were such perfect like partners in crime right yeah dude yeah it's it's tragic and they just came out with that movie i haven't seen it yet but it's uh called studio 666 have you seen oh, oh right that? that looks like a blast yeah so i mean you know at least we have that right like it just yeah that just came out i'm sure taylor is you know featured heavily in the movie so now he is forever on film on a, a movie about a studio run yeah, by Satan studio, or something like that. Right? Yeah. Haunted <laughs> studio, something like that. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's tragic, but yeah, I was, 
that was the first Foo Fighters album that I fell in love with. And the reason I'm bringing all this up, I think there was a place for Hum and this album and this style of rock in the mainstream. And I think we would have just eaten it up, man. Totally. If it, if it was, you know, if it found its way into the mainstream. Yeah. And the thing is, it, it's not like it wasn't on a major label. They were actually on RCA Records at this time. So it was on a big label. Someone dropped the ball then. Yeah. At RCA. Yeah. Um, also, this song and this album, this music reminded me of what Fiddlehead is doing. Um, mm. The album of theirs, Between the Richness, came out last year, one of my favorites of the year. Um, they've only made a couple albums, and they've been around since around maybe like 2015 or so. It's just, I, I love when when there's, you know, torchbearers, people that are they're carrying the, the tunage along through to the next generation, and they're definitely doing it. And this style of rock is definitely still heavy. Yeah. And there's still a lot of great music coming out in this style. So yeah. that's always exciting to yeah, see. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the sound the sound continues. But yeah, let me read some of the lyrics too, because that's one of the things I love about this this band. So um, yeah, listen to this here. I dreamt of a jet this high, seeding clouds from the other side, and glowing softly until the underbelly shines, and the back skims through the steam, feeding upturned mouths and sprinkling awake like a dusty sleep you took too soon, and you need watering if you are to bloom. Dude, mm. this, that's deep shit right there, man. Yeah. Poetic, beautiful. Surprisingly poetic. Gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something. So not only do you get tasty jams, you get thought-provoking lyrics that make you sit back and say, wow, I need <laughs> some water if I'm going to bloom. Anyway, I, I love the lyrics of this this song specifically, but um, anyway. All right, let's go to the next track because I got, I got two more songs for us to play here. And again, dude, another one of my – this might be my favorite from the record. This song is awesome. Here we go. This is the next track on the record. This song is called Miss Lazarus.
just got lost, man. It just got lost in the mix. It's not like, oh, you know, it's great, great guitar work and stuff, but like, eh, his voice just isn't doing it. It's like, no, his voice is great too. And the lyrics are really awesome. So what is it? Now, obviously, dude, this is a question for so many records out there that, that don't get attention, but, you know, it's it's probably a million things, you know? So, uh, RCA, maybe maybe RCA was, was, was too busy. You know, maybe they already had a few rock bands that they were pushing, and so Hum just got pushed to the back burner. I know for a fact that, and this could be part of it, that after this record is when the band dissolved. So maybe it's like, well, we can't push a band that's not together anymore because i mean oh, what are they gonna do tour point. now yeah. i mean I, I now i don't think they immediately uh dissolved I, I know they did some press probably based on their you know their contract probably had them slated to do press tours and stuff because i know that there, there's interviews out there of them after this record came out but I, you know after the you know it was 22 years until they put out something else right well and as you, as you mentioned too they they approached it democratically as well so you know if, if they just weren't able to you know reach, reach some sort of agreement in their songwriting they just weren't going to do it yeah but basically it sounds like they were you know they just got tired of the, of making music together and so yeah. that could be part of it but the band went on to get a lot of you know they, they gained a lot of popularity over the years you know i i jumped on to the boat a couple of years ago right and that you know what that's what i love about music and really digging deep and you know approaching it as a hobby yeah right yeah it is a hobby it really is a hobby um and yeah there you're never going to run out of amazing bands to stumble upon right it's a beautiful thing it's just impossible to to hear it all right so anyway all right last song here uh and this one we're also going to break into two clips uh but here's another this is kind of a, sometimes it's fun to do this. So we play the first track on the record and now we're going to play the last track on the record because especially back then when you didn't have streaming services everywhere, bands put a lot of thought into the order of a record because that's how people are going to listen to it. You know, back then when you couldn't just download the single, right? Yeah. So here's how they decided to close out the record. And uh, this song is called The Scientist's.
getting some now you're gonna be taken aback and and you're just gonna be like what go for it that the the drum beat and the guitar riffs the way that they played along with each other reminded me of some smashing pumpkin stuff uh, yeah hey i'm here for it yeah it kind of reminded me of like siamese dream era smashing which, dude, I need to give that album another listen, like all the way through, all the way through. Hell yeah! <laughs> but yeah, I was getting, I was getting those vibes from it. Yeah, I could see that totally. I could totally see that. Um, and you know, Smashing Pumpkins probably you could say flirts with space rock a little bit, but maybe more because of the psychedelic aspect of of kind of some of their early stuff. But yeah, dude, Definitely. let me show you this website. This is amazing. I don't know if this is their official website or not, or if it's a fan site, but I love sp- stumbling upon sites that haven't changed. Oh, I love this in a stuff. long, long time. And oh yeah, here is what I love, dude. So this is h dash u dash m dot net fan site for sure. Probably a fan site. It's got lyrics. Oh, it's got tour. Yeah, man, this is classic fan site. Yeah. Kings of Convenience had one like this. Up, it was up for the longest time. I think it's out of commission but yeah but yeah anytime you see a site where the email address is webmaster at whatever <laughs> the domain is uh-huh. that's a relic from the past right there but what i like about it is on the lyrics page he has he or she whoever coded the site has these words uh clickable mm-hmm. uh and they take you to the definition of the word which uh, he has a whole page oh, called cool. terms because you know that just speaks to some of the vocab words that uh, so some of the essay, the SAT words that uh, that Matt Talbot put in his lyrics, dude, what a labor of love this website. All right, how cool. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah. So here are some of the words that are in this song, "The Scientists." Benzene. I don't know what that is. Ampules, ampules, keep, something like keep that. Keep this benzene ring around your finger. Some kind of metal. Espy. What is S mean? Tri- trilobite? Trilobite. That's trilobite, dude. That's a that's a ancient. Well, let me tell you what it uh, is, Q, because I got this definition. Right. Any of numerous extinct marine anthropods. Okay. That's the word I was looking for. So yeah. this guy went to college, probably. <laughs> the uh, lead singer of the band. But anyway, now look at this, dude. This is where you get ready, dude. I'm ready. There's a link down here that says skins. What do you think this is referring to? Uh, Winamp skins? Winamp skins, dude. What? Look at that. You remember this shit? This was the bomb, oh, yeah. man. I love doing yeah, this stuff. Man. Yeah, dude. I loved it. So this is this is Hum Winamp skins. Yeah, so this the, this uh, fan guy, the, the, whoever made this fan site made Winamp skins man, for I Hum. And here is a Winamp The Scientist's skin. For this exact song that we're playing. Dude, Winamp was so cool. It was, man. I and think this, it's still around. You know what, dude? And I'm sure it's still the same. Here's something that, um, you know, speaking of nostalgia for our youth, the 90s, right? So I subscribe or, you know, I follow like 90s design subreddit, 90s nostalgia, stuff like that. It seemed like, and dude, we were even talking about this with the freaking logo of the city that we grew up in. Yesterday, uh, just a, a text Carrollton, message between Texas. you and, and our older brother. It seems like things were much more colorful back in the 90s and playful. Everything had more personality. Yeah, especially UI, like interfaces and graphic design. Everything has become so freaking homogenized nowadays, man. Jinx. Yeah, dude. That, so we grew up in a, a city called Carrollton, Texas. Mitchell. 
you grew up in Carrollton as well. <laughs> Shout out to Mitch. Mitchell probably remembers the logo, the Carrollton logo. It was like a, it was a C, the letter C, but it was made up of like the it white like space a of like a, a some sort of bird, like a dove or a something dove, like that. Yeah, very classic kind of seventies, sixties looking logo. It was really cool. And now you look at it, it's literally just some. It's probably like some very overused font face. I would, I, I probably would recognize it if they told me what the font face is because we probably used it at the design agency I work for, and some stupid color like some little symbol thing that could, it might could, as well be like the Google some form it could of be the Google any logo. city in America's logo yeah you know what I mean yeah anyway that's so when you look at stuff like this from the nineties go to this website if you're out there h-u-m.net and just appreciate how the internet used to be and appreciate Winamp skins because that's a thing of the past man i was all about it like I why loved. you know what why can't i why can't i uh why can't i put a skin on spotify you know why not there's nice. probably ways to do it but i'm not savvy enough <laughs> to figure it out anyway all right let's let's no that was that was a sidetrack for sure <laughs> but uh Let's pick up where we left off. So again, this song is called "The Scientist." Oh yeah, we got a second clip. Huh? Yeah, because it, the, there's a great little jam session that happens that I wanted us to hear, so we could truly appreciate uh, the guitar prowess of these two guys, because that's what makes Hum so great. They are truly a guitar band. So here we go. This is the second part of "The Scientists." Great way to to end a record. What a jam. What a tasty jam. And, you know, that was the last piece of music that we heard from them for 20 years. Which is kind of a fitting way to end it, too. Because, like, what a great song. You know, it kind of slowly fades out. And now what was the, the ending line there? Too little, too late? Too much, you're too late. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, great jam session thrown into that the middle of that song. Um, 
I feel like that's a good, a good, uh, you know, marker of a, a good album ender is, you know, a good jam session. Totally. But, um, yeah, I bet you that's a song that they would close a, a, a set list, you know, because you extend that jam session out as long as you want. You know, you just can kind of repeat that last lyric over and over again. Anyway. Great record. Yeah. Um, that was four songs off the record, right? Uh, Coming Home was the song that we entered us in with. That was a single. And there was another single called Green to Me. And that's another great song. Um, we could close with that. Or we could close with a song from their very first record. I want to do. Uh, I want to do a surprise fade out, dude. All right. So we're gonna fade out with a song. It's, it can't be a single though that we cannot vouch for. I don't think there's a single on that record. I'll just you know what you know what, dude. Here's the song we're gonna play because it's the first track off their first record. It's called Space Fuck. <laughs> so we are definitely gonna close with that space fuck and the album's called fillet show yeah which so I love love the play on words who there. knows what we're in for here but <laughs> we're gonna close out with space fuck by early early hum so let's see if i can find it on the youtubes because it's not on spotify well trav let me take a quick moment i want to give a little bit more love to akg than i have in the last few months. Anytime you go on a plane, dude, you're always all <laughs> just all hump, uh, you know, hype, hyped up on, on AKG. Cause yeah, it, it is pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I was on a plane for about five hours. I was on two planes for a total about, of about five hours, uh, a couple days ago, flying back from Texas. And, uh, yeah, so we've been generously gifted the AKG Podcaster Essentials Kit. But this is the all-in-one podcaster kit, dude. It comes with the AKG Lyra USB microphone. It comes with the AKG K371 headphones. It comes with Ableton Live Lite uh, 10. It's the 10 edition, which is a audio production software. And I didn't even realize this, dude, because I, I didn't use it. But it comes with a free uh, the Berkeley Online Introductory introductory recording course comes with a course to get you all squared away to start recording and yeah i can wear these headphones for five plus hours all cramped into an airplane and still as comfortable as when i first put them on it's kind of ridiculous man I can tell you that's not the case for all headphones. So, no. you know, I wear I wear my headphones for hours at a time every day and sometimes they get they get a little uncomfortable and they are not I mean, how are they feeling AKG's. right now, brother? They're okay. <laughs> but um you know, for an, another hour from now, I'd probably be I'd probably be feeling the the pain a little bit. So, not the case with these AKG headphones, dude. And um I mean, really, this is, if I knew about this kit before we started this podcast, I would have been all over it. It's a very fair price for what you get. And I mean, this is, this is studio quality stuff here, dude. I love, I love this microphone. I can't get enough. Of it. I love the design. Uh, I love the like maneuverability of it, the way you can kind of rotate it around 360. Uh, it's got front and back, uh, and tight it's got front front and back tight stereo and wide stereo recording modes so you can even like i could record this with another person and do like an interview you know if i ever have someone in this house sit down and record with us i can just use this one microphone it's pretty dope so again that's the akg podcaster essentials kit highly highly recommended if you're looking to start your own podcast just go with this essentials kit. It's a no-brainer. So yeah, as we wrap this up, um, next week we're going to talk about Lush, another alt-rock post-punk shoegaze group from the 90s. And we're going to cover... Now, this is something I just found out, Trav. I didn't realize this, but the album Recovering is actually technically a compilation album. But it's their it's their 
kind of introduction to the U.S. and Japanese markets. So the album is called Gala, or Gala, however you want to say that. came out in 1990, and it has, in reverse chronological order, uh, songs from their first three EPs. So it starts with, with songs from Sweetness and Light, which came out in 1990, and then songs from Mad Love, which also came out in 1990, and also uh, some tracks from Scar, which was their first EP, which came out in 89. So we're going to dive into the first three EPs, essentially, here, which is really cool. I didn't realize that. Um, but yeah, this was one of those albums that, you know, as I was listening to it, and it's cool now knowing that that these are songs that that span a few years. I mean, just how I just wasn't expecting it. Like, I've heard songs from Lush before, and it was just, you know, very classic shoegazy dream pop stuff. But this compilation record and, you know, their early stuff was was a lot heavier. I mean, I don't know how to describe it, dude. You listen to it with me. And um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to dive into it and talk about it a little bit more on this yeah. podcast because it just it really threw me off and i was well it makes sense really that it's, digging it yeah it makes it makes sense that the songs are so wide-ranging because it's not you know this is a compilation so it's the band kind of through through you know several years of making music and stuff and this was their this was america and japan's introduction to to lush so i mean that's a pretty smart move i think uh, you know, it's just like you know what. Here's here's all of our favorite tracks from from our our first three EPs all thrown into one, and it, and it did really great on the billboards and all that fun stuff. So, anyways, we'll dive into Gala. I'm gonna go with Gala, compilation record by Lush that came out in 1990, and not sure what we're, what we're gonna do after that, but we're gonna try to stick in this pocket for as long as we can and just dive deeper into 90s alt rock. I mean, I, I, for as long as we can, dude, you know? Yeah. There's just so much out there to discover and, and such a wide range in sound in that era. We could just continue to to discover bands. And I mean, I feel like at some point we need to change the name of the of the podcast. Yeah, no filler 90s. <laughs> yeah, not the 90s edition. Uh, so Travis, where can they find us? Uh, well, if you, if you pull up Instagram... Search for No Filler, No Filler Podcast. You'll find us there. And that's a good place to get in touch with us. That's about it, really. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, what you'll get out of following us on Instagram. But if there, you know, if there's a listener out there who is as big of a fan of music as we are and has some free time and would like to help us out, we'll take any help we can get if you want to help us out with our Instagram like Travis said a few weeks ago, we'll give you the keys. Yeah, we'll give you the keys to the Instagram. We'll let you, you know, we'll we'll ride shotgun. We'll let you yeah. steer. We'll, we'll let you steer this puppy if you want. So that's at No Filler Podcast is, is the handle. And we're also on the Pantheon Podcast Network. The network for music lovers. There you can find a lot of fantastic music-centered podcasts we love being a part of the family you can find us at pantheonpodcasts.com or at pantheon pods on instagram and uh yeah next week we'll cover lush travis uh what song are we fading out with from filet show the name of the song cue is space fuck oh that's right how could i forget so from track one they were leaning into the space rock genre with the song that doesn't even try to hide it i mean they just went right up the tailpipe with it dude yeah all right well until uh until next time my name is travis and i'm quentin talk to y'all later
Unlock big savings during the Menards bag sale. Add style and security with Schlag lock sets. Menards carries over 50 styles of interior and exterior lock sets. And with Schlag's wide selection of smart locks and keyless entry locks, there's no more hiding keys under the doormat or losing track of copies. Save big money on Schlag lock sets. Plus, save 15% when you fit it in the bag. Now through January 14th, available in-store only at Menards. Save big money at Menards. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Well, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 